my first ever video was my celibacy journey and it was eight years abstinent so I was talking about it from that point and I was talking about my past and that was controversial at the time because nobody was airing their dirty laundry no, no. Nobody, would, nobody was finna nobody was being real yeah. nobody was being open no one's being honest and I, I kept it very raw and so how old were you during that time um, eight years ago 22 so you were talking about that then yeah so I had been I had been celibate since I was 16 because I got saved at 16 we put porn to shame <laughs> the womb isn't just about where I give talk birth to about babies. it talk the womb is about where we give birth to perfect talk I was basically all of her nevers I never imagined my journey would inspire people all over the world. You have set a standard in love. I was dating a young lady who helped me heal. Wow, yeah. this woman is a ride or die. The conversations have really helped me to change my perspective on relationships. I had 19 attorneys at one time that were speaking into my ear. 19, 19 attorneys. attorneys. My, my, my last relationship, you know, it did a number on me. What you did not know is I had a whole little situation lined up that evening. Your transparency is literally setting people free. And you're unique. You ain't like nobody else. I, I noticed that right away. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> um, thank you. I received that. Let one of them Barbie doll bodies walk over here. You're going to say, dear future wifey. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're going to go right in that box. <laughs> I'm Latarius R. Whitfield, and welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, Latarius R. Whitfield. Hey, if you are still shacking up with us, come on now, this is season five. Come on, let's make a commitment and subscribe. Listen, I am so excited to launch this season premiere of the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Man, y'all been rocking with me for a very long time. And some of y'all who are new to the podcast, well, I hope you are uh, gleaning a lot of information and content and value in our content. Um, every guest that I bring on the podcast, it, I, I bring them on for a specific reason uh, because they either resonated with my past, my present, or my future journey. And um, so today's guest is extremely special to me. So without further ado, all the way across the pond, all the way from the UK, all the way from London, welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast, my new homie. Brandy Lee. Hey, hey. What's going on? I'm good. How are you? Man, listen, I am so excited to have you all the way in the great state of Texas. <laughs> I yeah. love it. But listen, uh, I have someone in the studio today uh, who has been very instrumental in, in helping with the success of this podcast. Uh, and a lot of people hear me mention this young lady's name, Rihanna Mack, been friends with her with, for over 20 years. And, um, and so I just want to give a shout out to my homie, Rihanna Mack. Uh, cut the camera to you. Yes, uh, Rihanna, she's the one that's responsible for all the graphics that you see on the podcast when you see stuff on the thumbnails or whatnot. She's a professional graphic designer. Uh, she's also taught me a lot about graphic design. When she's not available, I go do it myself. So uh, she's my Mr. Miyagi. And uh, so it's been really great having her. So she she's my technical director, works behind the scenes, making sure that these cuts and everything is great. And when I told her that I was having you on the podcast, because I sent her a schedule of who I'll be interviewing for this month. And she says, Brittany Lee, I watch her. <laughs> and I was like, all right, cool then. I was like, okay, I guess she's one of the 650,000. I want y'all to hear that correctly. 650,000 subscribers that you have on YouTube. And counting. And counting. How does that feel? It's a blessing. And it's a miracle. 
because when I first started my channel, I never thought that I could reach this number. And I think especially when you're starting out, sometimes yeah. it's so slow that you're like, is anyone listening? Like no one cares. Does no anyone one cares care? about what I'm doing here. Right. It's like, is anyone going to follow me? Yeah. And I never thought that I'd ever get half a hundred thousand. Yeah. Like, do you know what you mean? So it's a blessing. And I feel like in my everyday life, when I come across people, it makes it more real. Yeah. Because when you're sitting online, sometimes you see the number, but you don't see the face. So when you see the number, you don't see the face, it kind of be like, is this really real? Like, do you know what I mean? But when you actually meet people yes. face to face and they tell you how much you've inspired them and blessed them and changed them, transformed their life. I get them, I get messages every single day yeah. and it's very overwhelming, but it, it reminds me that I'm doing the right thing. So I just keep on doing it, you know? Perfect segue. Today's episode is titled Defining Success. Mm. Define success. A lot of times people may look at you with 650,000 subscribers and say, oh, she's extremely successful. But you mm. may feel like I haven't reached a million. You know, I need mm. a million. That's what will determine my success. Mm. Um, and we have to really be careful with that because oftentimes we, we, we've made these prayer requests to God to say, God, I just want to get 100 people to listen to us or 5,000. First step is I just want to get monetized. Let's keep it real. <laughs> Can I get monetized? Can I get my, my thousand subscribers and my 4,000 watch, watch hours? hours? Can I get that? Right. And then you get that and you like, okay, a little $25 check. Can I get some real check? Can I get some? Right. And then you just keep putting Can I get these 10K? Can I get 100K? Can I? Yeah. And then it's like, what really truly defines success? Right. So I'm going to ask you, do you feel successful in business right now? I do feel very successful in business right now. Why? Because of the impact that I'm having on people's lives. To me, that's success, not numbers. Because there are many people that have more followers than I, than I do. But if, if we're talking about impact, just because you have the number doesn't mean you're actually doing anything. And I think when I started my channel, I was doing fashion and beauty and hair. And no shade to people that do it. I know that for me, it wasn't, I didn't feel like I was adding enough value to people. I felt like there was more inside of me that I could give to people yeah. than my hair and my makeup, even though it's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> so let's be clear now. My hair and makeup be on let's point be now. Clear. Let's be clear. Yeah, but I just felt like there was some. There was more to give to people. And obviously I started quite early on in the YouTube social media game. So I think it's changed a lot. So I didn't start to get famous. I started to create impact and i would always say to myself do it for the one mm. show up for the one the one person's gonna watch your video and as i kept on focusing on the one the one the one the one turned to one thousand the one turned to ten thousand the one turned to do you mean it kept on going up and i still live by that i still show up even when i don't feel like it i'm like no someone needs this message and that's why i believe in myself there's some people they don't watch their videos they they will they will record a video and they won't watch it back. I'll yeah. be sitting in my house watching my videos, like yeah. my old videos. Like I'm yeah. like, no, this is dope. Yeah. Like, and yeah. the reason why is because it's not coming from me. I really truly believe that God uses me as a vessel to speak through to get His message across to whoever needs it at a time. Yeah. So many people message me like, how do you know I was going through this? How do you know I need this message? I don't know. I'm just following the leading of the Holy Spirit. So it reminds us of uh, you went to you went to church with me today. You when you landed, you was like, I have to go visit the Potter's house. Oh yes. So we went to the Potter's house, which was so great. Um, Tere Roberts preached, yes. and he spoke about prophecy. And he spoke about oftentimes when you're sitting in the church service, then you hear something that resonates, and you're like, 
have you been to my house? What's going on? Right. But that's just God speaking to your spirit, man. Yeah. And, and, and it's revealing the prophecy, taking you back to that before place that you were at because yeah. we're, we're all spirits. And so right. it takes a minute for our, our minds to line up with our spirits and, and receive the revelation. Right. And so uh, that's exactly what you're talking about. And I think, do you know what? I've heard this quite a few times this week or the last couple of weeks is that God cares about us. And even one of my mentors, she's like, um, like God really loves you. I don't know. I don't know why. But I don't know how, but God really loves you because He keeps putting you on my heart to pray for you. Mm. And it's like even in those moments when you may be feeling down, you need a message, and God sends my video or your video or yeah. anyone else's video. That's actually a form of God caring about you. So even in the times when you're like, oh, I don't want to shoot this, oh, I can't be bothered, I'm tired. Like even in your obedience, you're helping someone. Yeah. And I think when I first started, that's all I wanted to do. And even if I wasn't being, if now, even if I wasn't an influencer doing what I do now, my passion is to help people. Good. Like that's all I want to do. I remember when I was working in this department store in London called Selfridges, and um, if people ask me like, "Oh, where's this? Where's the bathroom?" Even though I don't, I don't like. That's not my job to tell them. <laughs> I can't wait to tell. I can't, could not wait to tell them. Oh, it's down here. Oh, thank you. Oh, no, you're welcome. <laughs> like literally, like I just get a high out of like being people. able to help someone. Do you know what I mean? So I think at the core of um, who I am is someone that wants to help, wants to inspire, wants people not to feel like they're alone because I know how it feels to feel like I'm alone. Not be alone, but feel like I'm alone, you know? So let me ask you this. How do, how do we meet? How did you, a lot of people wonder, how in the world do you get on Dear Future Wifey Podcast? How right. How, how, how? Because when you I've walked in. I've been myself there for a few years. I'm joking. <laughs> you, you, well, listen, when you walked in here, you said, this is surreal. Yeah. Why was it surreal? Because when I was watching your videos, because you were just showing me the merchandise and stuff, I was just like, this is so professional. <laughs> if only I could get like him. Like, I wish I was this professional. Like, that's my goal in life. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help yeah, you. We're forever I know, now. I'm, I'm going to get I know you together. you're going to help me. But it's like the quality of your videos and the content is like, like it could Thank be on t it could be on TV. That's the goal. So when I started doing my podcast, I shot it to be on TV. Right. I said I want to shoot. I always shoot to the next level. That's the key. I sow where I want to grow. Right. And I sow where I want to go. Mm. So at the end of the day, I say this is what I want. It's not just a podcast because we're real. The podcast is just literally audio. Right. And so I said if uh, I want the own network, if they're perusing or one of their producers or showrunners look at something and be like, what is this? Right. Okay, well, let me, let, 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 you know, let me call up old Latarius R. Whitfield and have a conversation. And that's what I always shoot for. And yeah. I said, how dare me if I shoot content for my clients? How dare me lack when it's time to do my own stuff? So, that's beautiful. Uh, I thank you for finding value. But again, yes. how do we meet? Do you want to share a story? Because you seem excited to say. I want, I want, I want to let you tell your end, and I'm gonna tell. <laughs> okay, my. so I was coming to Houston for an event, um, Save Them Fabulous brunch. Um, who's my friend that does the event um, yearly? Um, a few months ago, I wanted to get away. Like London was just stressing me out because it's cold and it's rainy and it makes me sad. <laughs> Even though it's nice, like when it's cold, like it's like real cold. it's a, yeah, it's real cold. And like I live in a, I live in a penthouse, so you can <laughs> see like. Every, every season. So in one day, you could have snow, summer, <laughs> rain, sunshine, all at once. And Sounds like Texas. And it makes, you, <laughs> it makes you feel 
up and down, up and down, up and down, you know? So even coming here is, and the sun shining, it yeah. makes me feel good. Yeah. So I said to myself, like, this year I'm going to be traveling. Once I've lost my weight, I'm going to be traveling and stuff. And this is what I stuck by. This is what I said at the beginning of the year. And I stuck by it. So anyway, I told my friend I'm coming to Houston. She said, okay, if you're coming, I'm going to do an event while you're here. I said, okay, fine. So when I was here, I was like, I need to make the most of this trip. Who's in Houston? I don't even know how I even knew you was in Texas. But I don't know. I, I thought you was in Houston. I thought you was in Houston, first yeah. of all. Then you was like, no, I'm in Dallas. But um, I was like, oh, when I found out you was in Texas, I was like, oh, it'd be nice to jump on the podcast. So then I messaged you. Yeah. And I was like, I'm a big fan of the show. I'd love to come on, on your podcast. I think my followers and your followers would appreciate it. Yep. And then you messed me back. And I said, <laughs> girl, I done DM'd you a month ago. <laughs> I done DM'd you a month ago to have you on my podcast and I done went into the DM abyss and um, you just you just paid no attention. I went into the people that you don't follow and I was like, okay, so that's what it was. But um, do you know why I DM'd you? I was watching a video. I was laying in my bed uh, on a Sunday morning and I turned on YouTube and you had a video that popped up that talked about how you fell off your abstinence journey. Mm. Well, well, the reason why that spoke to me so much is because the first time my followers hearing this and my subscribers is that I fell off my abstinence journey. Mm. And so as I was sitting there watching that video, I was like, felt so convicted. Mm. I felt so inspired. I felt Mm. so seen. Mm. See, that's that's another thing. See, we don't, we don't want to talk about the the scars, you know, but even in the scars, God will make us feel seen Mm. because in that video, you transparently articulated your journey. You, you you articulated how when you fell off your journey, you had some fun. You know, a lot of times, yeah, a lot of people don't want to talk about <laughs> sex is fun. Sex is enjoyable. Sex is great. If it wasn't great, we wouldn't be having it. Right. And so you talked about that. I was like, okay, she real. Who is this girl? Because I had never seen any of your videos. And I saw it. I was like, who is this? I said, what? So I just watched the whole video and I cried. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I cried. I shed yeah. some tears and I was just like, wow. I said, God, you care about me. Mm. I'm seeing this. I'm feeling this. You are showing me that this is what transparency looks like. This is what it looks like. Because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to keep it real. So I'm 43 years old. Yeah. I took a vow of abstinence when I was 41. But my body had been accustomed to having sex for 41 years. And I'm thinking I can just go cold turkey, stop having sex and never have sex again. And I'm good. Uh, you know no. what I'm saying? My body started going through withdrawals. I was like, what's going on? I feel like uh, Pookie and the New Jack City. And I'm like, what is going on with me? I felt like it just kept calling me and calling me. And I had to just go to it. But what happened was I went through this phase. And I want to do this episode. I was going to have a doctor, uh, a pastor and a sex therapist on because mm. I want to unpack what what happens to us physically in our older years uh practicing abstinence what happens what, yeah. what, what what's going on internally uh because it is something from a uh i feel like from a physical standpoint biologically we, yeah, yeah because like even when a woman i was talking to one of my friends uh and she was pushing 50 and you know pre-metal uh yeah menopausal and she was like i'm frustrated you know they like go work yeah. out go exercise yeah. she's like Okay, working out ain't gonna help. Like yeah. this just does not help. I'm having heat flashes. I'm angry. I'm mad at people. I'm cussing people out because physically your body is going through a change. And mm. They call it the change. And so I want to really sit down and talk to uh, a doctor and find out really what that is because it is something that's abnormal. Though it's something that God requires, is something that's abnormal because at the end of the day, 
at a certain age, you're supposed to be producing kids yeah. and having kids and all that stuff. Yep. And practicing abstinence is something you're supposed to do in your teenage years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And by the time you get an adult, y'all having sex, if we get keep it real, yeah. a lot of people are getting married back in the day at 14 and 15. Young. So how long were you really practicing abstinence? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So so when we keep it real like that, we don't want to talk about what that really truly looks like, feel like mm -hmm. when it's walked out. What yeah. made you decide to do that video? It's been a long, it was a long time coming because actually seven years ago when I actually started talking doing talking videos because I was doing fashion then beauty my first ever video was my celibacy journey and it was eight years abstinent so I was talking about it from that point and I was talking about my past and that was controversial at the time because nobody was airing their dirty laundry nah, nah. Nobody, would, nobody was finna nobody was being real yeah. nobody was being open no one's being honest and I, I kept it very raw and so how old were you during that time um, eight years ago 22 so you were talking about that then? Yeah. So I had been I had been celibate since I was sixteen because I got saved at sixteen. So the moment I got saved is the moment I understood and I knew like God, God ain't want me in a bed anymore. <laughs> like <laughs> this is not what He wants from me. So I knew automatically. So eight years doing that, it was like me sharing my experience, um, and yeah, me sharing my experience, and I think it inspired a lot of people. And so I've kind of been known as the celibate girl yeah so after that i made another video and after that i made another video and then the last video i put out i was saying it's been 10 years pray for me like pray <laughs> for me so what was going on physically when you say at, te at 10 at the 10, 10 years. years temptation i'm older now um i want love because one thing for me when i was younger i was seeking sex but i wanted love mm. and it's not that i enjoyed sex so much i just wanted love i wanted yeah. to feel that connection that intimacy so i went to sex because guys don't really know how to do intimacy <laughs> especially at that age you know what yeah. i mean all they know is sex so i'm like okay, exactly. okay let's have sex because at least in that moment i'm gonna get feel some intimacy right so um yeah i was getting older and i'm like okay this is the reason why i was starting to practice celibacy because i wanted a husband yeah like god yeah. i'm doing yeah. everything right yes. what celibate for 10 years where is my husband <laughs> i said god if you don't give me a husband i'm gonna wild out i'm not even like i said this I, I said this if you don't give me a husband i'm gonna wild out because 10 years for what what am yeah. i doing yeah and then but part of me is like but you got a responsibility you told the internet you told all these people all these people are relying on you <laughs> i'm like i don't care <laughs> Where's my promise? Like, where's my promise? So if I look back, I was doing it for... To gain. To gain something. Yeah. So I wasn't doing it unto God, which is what he requires of yeah. us. So um, so that was that. So then I think a year or two after that, that celibacy video, I fell off. And that's what I was speaking about in the video. And um, while I was out here living my best life... <laughs> while I was out here living my best life, my followers are always asking me... <laughs> Hey, Brittany, how's the celibacy going? <laughs> and then when I got in a relationship, they were like, Brittany, how are you celibate in a relationship? So they'll be seeing me going on vacation, vacation, Stay all this kind of stuff. Hotel room Stay in somebody. the same hotel. They're like, Brittany, and I would always say, it's really hard. Because <laughs> I didn't want to say anything too, like anything more, anything less, but I wanted to try and keep it as real as I could at the time without yeah. exposing myself. Because I knew I was going to speak about it, but not yeah. while I was in the midst of it. How am I going to add value to you if I'm like, girl, I'm struggling right now. Help me. Like I just got finished. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. And it'd be like that as well, especially yeah. when you've got a following. Um, so I felt like 
that was the right time to talk about it. I'd ended my relationship. But even after the end of my relationship, I was seeing someone else and it was still very hard to get back onto that journey. Ciao. So then after that had ended and I really got still with God, I was fasting, I was praying, I was really drawing close to God. I was like, I'm in a great place. And I didn't even realize how long it had been. Um, I wasn't even counting. I stopped counting. Oh, I'm celebrate for this. Because that's what you do. I'm celebrate for one year. I'm celebrate for six months. And it's like, it's like weaning off a drug. You'd yeah. be like, hey, I'm five years clean. I'm right. two years clean. Jesus. Right. And you, but then you also the hours. Right. <laughs> Literally. But then you also get into a, a, a stage of like, oh, I did five years. Oh, like, yeah. And you kind of start boasting about Trust it. Trust me. Been there. Yeah. And so I, didn't, I wasn't even doing it to count. I wanted to do it the way that God wanted me to do it this time round. And so um, I felt comfortable enough to talk about it. And um, I knew it was going to help someone yeah. because I didn't, ha- I hadn't seen any videos out there about people that really talked, real talk about them falling. Yeah. And when I was in a relationship, I was like, okay, so you Christian couples that told me that you wait until marriage, you're lying. They, they lie. I'm, you're, sorry, you're lying. Cause how, how, <laughs> how, <laughs> how? We got married the first day they met him. Like, hey, right. my wife is get married. They go get married. Right. I was like, how did how do you do it? Because someone's not being honest. Yeah. And there were people even in my life that I saw that got married, and they were like, like they'll be like, I'll ask them, how how like how? <laughs> oh, it's hard. It's hard. But they never tell me. They, they never they tell never, you. They never say, did you fall? Do you, like did you fall? Yes or no? <laughs> like did you fall? Don't tell me it was hard. Like, but I'm being a hypocrite now because that's how I was saying it's hard. <laughs> but it's like, just be like, be honest, especially if you are a married couple, because most married couples didn't wait. No, like, I know. Let's it. keep it funky. Like yeah. most Christian couples, they didn't wait. Yeah, but they're not. But they're not on the internet telling yeah. telling you. No, they're not. They, they don't have to. They be like, it's none of your business. None of your business. It's, it's, it's people like us that's dumb enough to go sit in front of the world and, and say that, and say, hey, we asked it, and then be like, oh, and then we fell off, right. and then are we out again? People are like y'all tell it too much. Y'all, that's why you should put people in your business. It's very true. No, it's very true. And I think that's the reason why, because I feel like, and that's why you open yourself up to judgment when you are being vulnerable because most people aren't vulnerable right. because they live in their own world and you don't have to. Yeah. No one has to. Like We ain't got to sit here and do this. <laughs> like, we don't have to. We can live our life private, yeah. like, private, private. Yeah. But this is a calling to be transparent and yes. open and honest with people because we want people to realize that they're not alone. You're 100%. not, you're not crazy. You're not, um, you're not a, like a sinner because yeah. you, you want to have sex. Like you're a human being, yeah. like you're literally a human being. And it's about trying to understand the right way to do, to honor God. Yes. Cause all this comes down to celibacy, uh, abstinence, all comes down to honoring God. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's all point blank period. So if you're struggling, ask God for help to honor him. Not to not to do it. Because yeah. when you start thinking, how do I not do this? How do I not watch pornography? How do I not have sex? How do I not? You want to do it. Yeah. Someone tells you, oh, don't press this big red button. You're going to push it just You're going to push that. <laughs> Let me see. Oh, I, I just want to see what it's going to do. I just want to see what it's going to do. like, what? I told you not to do it. Literally. I'm trying to see why you told me not to do it. Be like, okay. Right. And that's what it is. And that's the reason why, that's what resonated with, with me. Um, and so... Anytime someone reaches out to me and say, 
you know, I got this couple that should be on your podcast. I got this to be on my podcast. Mm. I would go and look at their social media. Mm. I would go look at any videos that they have. And I listen to see how lit do they keep it. Right. Living intentionally and transparently. How real? How can they add value to my life, to my journey? Because I don't want people sitting up here. Faking it. Yeah, faking it and telling me, you know, just whatever they think. Praise the Lord, guys. Praise the Lord. Or even better, <laughs> to try to tell other people what they need to do. Right. See, that that don't sit well right. on my podcast. It's like my whole podcast podcast by design has been orchestrated for us and my guests to be transparent about our journeys mm. and then what people glean from that that's the value right but i ain't gonna go tell you here's five steps to getting a husband here's right. three steps to getting a wife i don't even know those steps it don't even right. make sense those steps don't even mean nothing. there's no formula at all and so we just talk and we have different people come on and they share their story. So when I was laying in that bed on that Sunday morning, you popped up on my YouTube and I, and I was casting it to my TV and I was just like, okay, God, that's what we're doing this morning. This, 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 this is what you're going to show me this morning. I'm like, okay, all right. All right. That's what we're going to do. Right. And it spoke to me and I loved it. Mm. And, and see the, the beauty of it. And I'll just affirm you real quick. I know you look at the, the beautiful cameras here, the lights hitting just right. And, and, and the set and the editing and all that type of stuff but think about what you've been able to accomplish with minimum i know because that's the value of content yeah see the value of content isn't based upon how great the video looks how great the audio look it's how you resonate with people mm. i've seen people with videos just riding their car making content mm. and they'll have millions of followers mm. and they'll get millions of views and all that type of stuff because whatever they're saying the content now you go it's add valuable. the bells and whistles then of it's course it's going to be great or whatever perfect. and i've seen some people who have gone especially in the earlier day of uh, days of youtube when they had these little raw type videos with just a cell phone and then they moved to the production level mm. their followers fell off because they felt like they were being controlled by this machine now. yeah it's and too like, polished yeah it's too polished I don't like that I like the little shaky camera I like when they're <laughs> running down the street and they had a little right. you know, they like that and so they're even uh, unbeknownst to them they were building their brand off of the the raw side or the low production values mm. and when they went to high production values people didn't resonate with it yeah but the good thing about it, you just have great content because yeah. it's you it's coming authentic and no matter what happens um people can resonate with you because it's authentic yeah so authenticity is authenticity is like i can't be fake like i don't know how to but have you always been like that though even when you were younger yeah i was i was rude <laughs> Like r blunt, rude. I got delivered from that because people would always cuss me like, you're so rude. I'm like, I must be honest. But now I've been able to refine it and actually like know when to speak. That's emotional intelligence. Yes. Knowing when to speak, how to say it. There's moments you want to just bleh. Yeah. But it's like, no, you read the room. <laughs> read the room. So I did the episode called Guard Your Mouth. <laughs> and I said that out of all the, the guarded uh, episodes, that's the one that resonated with me because I was just <laughs> notorious to just say how I feel. Yeah. And I'm from the world of entertainment. We just say it. That suck. That's terrible. <laughs> why are you on the stage doing that? You Why haven't you memorized your script? You suck. It's terrible. Wow. And then, and then I remember this lady called me up and she was a merchandise. <laughs> no, she was the wardrobe person and on one of my tours and she called me last year and said hey i just want to um i just want to tell you something that you hurt my feelings i said for what i said you were great in wardrobe she said not in wardrobe is that when i was wanting to audition for one of the roles in the play you said you don't look the part and i yes. said well you didn't you know what i'm saying and so even when she said it to me i wanted to apologize but i was like but you didn't like right. the, the character needed to be 20 something years old you were 50 you know what i'm saying <laughs> but i could have according to her said it differently yeah because i just i just told her straight up don't even 
Don't, I don't like wasting people's time. Yeah. So I'm not going to have you audition for something that I'm never going to use you for. Yeah. So I was I was a type, just say what it is. Mm. But I could have said, said it differently. Nicer. I said, hey, listen, you know we're looking for a younger uh, demographic for this role. But if you want the experience to audition in front of me, then by all means, go ahead and do it. We and I'll it. give you some notes or whatever. It's a sandwich. That's what I That's what I. It's a sandwich, yeah. 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 Give somebody some praise at the very beginning. Yep. Say whatever you're going to say, yep. negative, whatever. And then back end it with something positive. Exactly. Yeah. Constructive I be, criticism. I used, to, I used to be terrible. I'd be like, i say whatever <laughs> Simon Cowell sounds like. Yeah, I used to be terrible. <laughs> you know I love him. He did. Like, Simon Cowell, like, that's, I like him. <laughs> Forget the Randys and the Paulas. I like Simon. Right. I used to laugh because I like that. And I think everyone can resonate. Like, a lot of people can resonate to different people's styles of yes. saying things. Yeah. When I was touring, I had two promoters. One of them, uh, this Jewish guy that would just talk crazy to me. And then the other one that would just say what he thought I want to hear. And the Jewish guy that would just be blunt. I liked him a whole yeah. lot better. Because yeah. I said, I can trust you. Because yeah. you're going to tell me exactly what it is. So yeah. it's strange. Um, so defining success. How do you feel? You said you feel extremely successful uh, from a professional standpoint mm -hmm. as far as career. How, how successful do you feel in relationships? <laughs> Good one, letters. <laughs> um, it's actually really funny because I was um, writing in my notes a few days ago. Like, I feel like I'm unlucky. Unlucky. And you know that people say, life and never send the power of time. Be careful. No, I don't care. I feel unlucky. Like, I feel, I feel unlucky and it's very annoying and frustrating to me. What you feel unlucky about? I'm like, why, why can't it just be easy? Simple. Why can't I meet someone? I like them. They like me. We get married. Simple. Well, you met somebody a while ago. He liked you. You liked him. Huh. <laughs> Oh, we going there today? We gonna go there. <laughs> we gonna go there. Well, well, we about to talk about it. So you were, you found somebody that you felt like was your husband. We talked about it. You said, this is a person I believe is my husband. Yeah. What happened? He wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> False alarm. <laughs> you said he wasn't. <laughs> He wasn't. He wasn't. Okay, so from the top. Um, okay, so I met him on go on paper. He was better than all the guys I dated before. And I think that's what trips a lot of women up. Yeah. He's better than... <laughs> the better than the worst. Than <laughs> <laughs> and then you also don't have no gauge of what's the best. Exactly, because you, know? you only dealt with... Because you've only dealt with what you've dealt with. So then when you meet someone, and for me, he was different. He wasn't the show. I like I like flashy guys. I used to like flashy guys. So like I've been delivered, but I <laughs> delivered. And I've been delivered, but I used to like flashy guys, super confident, the guy that all the girls like, that yeah. kind of edge. But then when I met him, he was so low key. I met him twice. The first time I met him, he was almost angelic. He was so different, pure. And I shot my shot by by way of his friend, and it didn't get anywhere. So <laughs> he said didn't get, get nowhere so then two years later when I met him again we was at the same event and he was sitting in the same row as me I didn't recognise him because he looked completely different he looked a mess um, and I didn't know he was the same person until after the event he said is this, is it, is this your same number because his friend had given me given him my number and I was how like, long ago was that that was two years after I'd so met him so two years after he just held on to that number but yeah then and he wants to turn around and say I didn't even know who you was liar Anyway, <laughs> let's keep it pretty. 
where was I? So I met him at the second second time, and he looked different. His energy was a little bit off. Yeah. But when he asked if it was the same number that I had, I was like, "Who's this person?" But I felt comfortable enough to give him my number. So I gave him my number. We started talking, and we had a, we had a really intelligent conversation. And that's what I was lacking. I was like, "Wow, finally someone that knows how to talk." <laughs> Praise God, like someone that's able to string a few sentences together, engage me mentally, intellectually. And I was like, okay, got good conversation. And for a while, I didn't actually, he didn't have a display picture on WhatsApp. I think maybe, no, his number was safe, but he didn't have a display picture. So I was just talking to talk, like just being nice, being cautious. He seemed like a nice person. So it wasn't even anything necessarily physical. But you still but, didn't know who he was? No, he told me the, that, that okay. as soon as he got home, like five in the morning, he was like, Sorry, I couldn't message you. Um, I uh, couldn't reach out to you two years ago. I was going. I decided to take it seriously with someone else. Yada yada yada. I was like, don't have to explain stuff. I don't even remember you. <laughs> I literally said that to him. I don't even remember you. It's totally fine. But he felt the need to explain himself. So yeah. So then we started talking from there. And then for me, it was like, okay, this is a nice person. He's a Christian. And before time, I'll be honest with you, I don't really date Christian guys. You know why not? They were corny. Corny. And it's just like there was nothing that attracted me to them. Like there was just you ain't got the you ain't got the sauce swag. You ain't got the sauce, <laughs> you know. So yeah, I wasn't, and I think that was a mistake I was making. I wasn't really necessarily dating Christian guys, so I don't know. I actually went on a TV show to find love. Oh, you did? Yeah, it's called um, what's it called? Uh, first dates first hotel. Date. And um, that was actually one day after I went on the first date with my ex. <laughs> I flew out to Italy because this video was filming the show. I flew out to Italy. And um, basically, I got rejected. So the first date thing was basically you two meet, two strangers meet, go on a date, and you have a conversation. They film it, blah, blah, blah. By the end of the day, you both sit there and you say, do you want to see each other again? So I said yes. So they brought me into filming where he was filming and he had already made the decision, but I didn't know. So I'm sitting there thinking, oh, we had a good day. <laughs> we had a good day. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not in love with him. He's not really my type, but I'd like to see him again. Yeah, That's the just question. to see what's up. Would yeah. you like to see him again? That's all. And I'm like, he's like, uh, no, not really. Maybe as friends. <laughs> <laughs> and even though I didn't like the guy, I was so crushed. <laughs> <laughs> I was so crushed. I was like, what? But at the same time, I was like, catch me in two because if I do meet this anonymous guy, I've also got this guy that I just also just been on a date with last night. What, <laughs> what am I going to do? So anyway, I went back to the hotel and I was feeling quite rejected. And obviously it's on national TV. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I thought we had a good day. Like, and even when people watch it back, they're like, yeah, it was a good day. Like, why did he say no? Like, it was so confusing. But anyway, I went back to my hotel room and I was kind of like vulnerable. And I, was, <laughs> I was like so vulnerable. So the guy, my ex, was talking and like he was speaking to my soul. He was making me feel better. He was encouraging you. He really was. Like, he was making me feel better. So I was like, okay, well, at least I still have you. Like, <laughs> have, you. have the consolation prize right. I got you I still got you so I was like okay cool that's fine um, so then we started talking from there um, and yeah everything seemed good on paper and anyway it wasn't long until like the cracks started to appear but you asked me earlier um, what did you ask me what went wrong 
what, what went wrong? Yeah. Was that the question? Yes. And what did I say to you? Because I, I said, well, I, I can't remember. You talking about earlier today? Yeah, earlier today. Earlier today, you, you, you start talking about the, the, he started feeling, you start feeling a lot of insecurity on his behalf. Oh, no, but before that, you asked me, like, what went wrong? And I said something about, I don't know. But then I, then I was like, oh, no. Um, what really went wrong was I had an idea of who he was in my mind. And I was, that, in, yes. and I was in love with the idea in my mind and yes. not the actual person. Yes, so that's what you said. Yeah, so ultimately my whole relationship was a fairy tale. <laughs> that, you con- that you concocted in your own mind. I did. Yeah. I projected heavy onto him who I wanted him to be as opposed to seeing him for who he was. Do you know how often that is though? No, very. I think, I think we, uh, a lot of us do that in some case. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We'll be like, because Truthfully speaking, that's why we also date or marry potential. Yes. Because we're saying, I believe that you could be this person. Yeah. And they never said they even want to be that person. That's not we even just who they say, are. I believe that you could be this. And right. then you date them in hopes that they somehow become that which you believe. Instead of just saying, Do you have any interest in doing this? Right. Do you have any interest to be uh faithful or even getting <laughs> married or even having kids? Right. We'd be like, he says that, but he'll have kids. He'll you know what change. I'm saying? Like he never said that. Yeah. Why are you saying that? Yeah. So you project what what did you project on him that he was secure um he was a man <laughs> what does that mean because <laughs> the guys i had dated before i thought that they were boys so when i met him i was like finally a man that i said this i said i talked about so much i know i talked about this like when i met him he was a husband <laughs> he was already a husband like there's all of this stuff like i was just like talking him up and that's why when we broke up people were a bit confused like but you said he was this and this and this how was he now? how is he now this when he's this and it's really because i did want to see the best <laughs> you know made up stuff in your head he said he's a husband he's a husband child <laughs> But when you're comparing, when you're comparing yes. what you've seen and what you've experienced with who you've got in front of you, you, your mind does start to be like, wow, I hit jackpot. But the cracks started to appear quite quickly. And there was many times when like, the scales fell off my eyes and I was like, I saw him really for who he was. But then he would, I felt, I don't know, maybe I felt like then all of a sudden he'll be nice again. And then the wool will go back over my eyes. And I'm like, happy, fun relationship. Relationship is great. There was a time when he, about six months before we end the relationship or before I end the relationship, I said, he said to me, our relationship is toxic. And I said, toxic? That's not a word I would ever associate with our relationship. What are you talking about? I feel like we're having two different experiences. I feel like I'm on the beach in Jamaica with a cocktail in my hand and you're in Sahara Desert, like suffering. What do you mean our relationship is toxic? <laughs> like literally and like but truly there, there a lot in a relationship was <laughs> so during that time you thought it was going fine yeah i thought do you know what the issues i thought were growing pains yeah i thought this is relationship this is how relationships are right yeah, this is true. like things that you go through so i'm all i was always optimistic yeah. always hopeful hoping the best thinking okay how can we work through this and he was like how can i do this if this isn't this isn't like he was very hard to please I did, I did my best. I did everything I could do, but he was hard to please um, and played down everything. He played down who I was as a person. 
as a human being. What do you as mean as a person? What would he say? No, as in like, he wouldn't like celebrate me. There was one time I had a conversation with him. I was like, I need some words of affirmation. And before I got with him, I was never the type of person that needed, needed. Mm-hmm. I didn't need words. Yeah, but when you get starved when out you get of starved. it. Yeah, you start, you're like, can you, you just need, say something great I, about, yeah. Yeah, I've been there. But then he turned around and said to me, oh, you want me to boost your ego? <laughs> I said, what? What in what I just said that I need I need encouragement is you boosting my ego, and then his friends and family were kind of against me. They didn't really like support me. They didn't really think I was the right fit for him. Really? Yeah. They they told you that early on. No, come to find out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> come to find out. Even the friends that I was friends with before him that were my friends that were his friends. So the- I realized that they weren't for us. They weren't for me. They were always asking, "Are you sure?" Are you sure? And one of his girlfriends would say to me, um, said to him, why does she want to marry you so much? Like, does she want to check it off her checklist? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, whoa, your friends. So it was two parts. Like, how is your friends comfortable talking to you like this about me, someone that you claim to love? And secondly, why do they feel, why do they feel like I'm, it's almost like, are you the prize that I'm like having to beg or explain to you why I want to be with you. It kind of felt like that. Like, why do I have to explain to you why I've chosen you? And that's where the insecurity comes in. Because yeah. it's almost like, well, why me? I'm like, I don't know. I just love you. God, <laughs> this brings back memories. Go ahead. Keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> so there's like a lot of like, there's like a lot of like backwards and forwards and a lot, a lot of insecurity in his part. But like I said, in my mind, he's a secure person. So when he would do insecure things and people would be like, I think he's insecure. No, no, he's not insecure. He's secure. No, he's fine. He doesn't really care about social media like that. And then one time, um, I don't know if you guys have, uh, I don't know if you heard about the Don't Rush Challenge before. Yeah. At the beginning of lockdown. Don't rush. Yeah. And then they'll they, they show themselves without makeup yeah. and put their hand out yeah. and they look like a totally different person. So basically, I was, the, was, reason, I was the reason that went viral. Oh, for real? Yes. I wasn't the originator. But I saw someone do the video. It wasn't getting any steam. It was like two weeks. Oh, two weeks went by, no steam. I bought my girls, my influence together, did it, took off. But then they'd be like, they were like, no, it was our idea. I was like, fine, give it. I'll, I'll credit you, fine or whatever. But anyway, so I was editing that video, putting it together, and um, I had cooked us dinner, cleaned the house, and everything. And I was sitting there editing the video, and I told him I want to start working with more influencers. So it's like a career move. It's like a career move for me. Um, so he sat down, and I was editing the video, and they started getting an attitude. So he was sitting next to me and he moved away. I'm like, anyway, put my headphones in, edit the video because work has to be done anyway. Yeah. So then the next day it started going viral and taking off and I showed him, but he had already seen it taken off. Oh, he did? And then he said, but he said to me, oh, I'm glad you've got the clout that you wanted. Oh, wow. I said, clout, wow. Was it on what, TikTok? Or it was on Instagram. Instagram? Yeah, it's at the beginning of lockdown. At that time, how many views did he have when he Over said 100,000. And he said that? Yeah. And I'm like, but if you know me, I'm not a clout person. Like I'm not, if I wanted it to be a clout, you see me everywhere. I'll be in the blogs. I, I know what to do. Yeah, you I'm know. not a clout person. Like I said at the beginning of the interview, I'm an impact person and I do everything with intention. So for him to say that, I'm like, wow, you don't see me. You don't even know who I am. Yeah, um, now I know why we're doing this interview. And this, like, like I said, I don't tell people what led to this podcast, but the person that I dated, 
the situationship I was in said the exact same thing about a video that I went that I did on Facebook that went viral, got 28 million views. Wow. It was me doing this random act, uh, random act of kindness for this homeless guy, mm-hmm. and overnight it hit one million views because Steve Harvey had shared it, wow. and I called her up and I was like, "Look at this or whatever." She's like, "Oh, you like that attention, don't you?" Hmm. And I was like, "No, I don't like the attention. Right. I don't like the fact that." Because it starts making you downplay you your minimize, own success. You minimize Yeah, you be like, oh, it ain't, it ain't no big deal. Yeah. And then my phone will ring for my friends. Like, oh, my God, your video was this. Oh, my God, did you know this? I'll be like, and then she's sitting there. I'll be like, yeah, that's cool. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's all right. You know what I'm saying? Then uh, you have to start downplaying it. Yeah, literally. And I'll be out of him like, someone will compliment me. Oh, please don't compliment me in front of him. Like, yep. In my mind, I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> yep. Yep. Because you don't want to, you don't want to shine. Because they don't like it. When you yep. shine too bright, it, it, it annoys them. It was this video, uh, what, Marion Ann Williamson uh, says, who are you to, and I forgot it, I memorized that at first, but saying basically letting your light shine, that you, yep. you, you, you let your light dim, then yep. uh, you're basically doing a disservice to this world. Yeah. That resonated with me more than anything during that season of my life, because mm. I was like, I'm dimming my light. I'm dimming my light. I'm dimming my light to yep. make this other person feel comfortable. comfortable. And that's when I knew that uh, something had to change. But unfortunately, at the time, I didn't have enough power and willpower and wherewithal to actually break free from that. And right. so I just stayed in bondage for bondage, a whole lot longer. Oh, yeah, straight up it's bondage. real bondage. Yeah, because you like... Yeah, because your friends are giving you, your true friends are giving you the oxygen, yeah, oxygen that, you that you need, but they're giving you only enough to... And then go right back into the fire. Right. Oh, that right there, priest. Yeah. You'll get a little oxygen to go right back into fire. And then when they starve you out again, and then you go back and you then your phone will ring, you'll get some little oxygen from your friend, and you just stay in this repetitive cycle, yeah. uh, slowly dying. And dying. a little bit more of yourself dies every day with that person. And then God is like saying, Hey, I'm trying to flourish you. Yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to break free. I want you to see systematically how you stand locked in this situation will destroy you and, and all these other people can see you, but you want to be left unseen and broken stand in this situation rather than be free. And you're and almost trying it. to impress them as well. Like then there's nothing that you can do to impress them. What you said about dying is so key because I remember towards the end of the relationship again, we, I was fasting and I was praying and I was like talking to my best friend about the relationship more than I ever had talked to her about it before because she's all, she was always rooting for the relationship. Yeah. And she's always like, okay, maybe do this, work it out. Da, 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 da. There was one time I was on a retreat and she called me crying. She was praying and praying for me. And she said, Brini, if you don't get out, he's going to destroy you. Mm-hmm. She was in tears. Up until this <clears throat> point, she supported us. But when she heard God say that to her and she called me, she was like, Brini, he's going to kill you. Yep. And that's how I was slowly die. I was slowly dying in a relationship. Like nothing inspired me. I, I even a miracle. I kept on making content. I never stopped. But with, but I started to doubt myself. And I'm very sure when I speak, it is what it is. I said what I said. But I started questioning. Hmm, maybe I'm not thinking about this correctly. And you start shrinking, and then you lose yourself. It's real. It's so real. Uh, yeah, this 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 whole talk is catching me off guard because I didn't think this was where it ended up going. Right. But it's 
and and God will always make me stay true to the mission of this podcast, where it's my personal journey to discover, uncover, and recover love. And so in that journey, it's always me going to these places of self-reflection of my own journey, of my own story to be able to go, gosh, I remember when that happened, uh, because God is pushing me further to write the movie about this whole thing. Mm-hmm. So that's why I always stay a little tight-lipped about the specifics of what happened. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like just listen to that, and I'm like, ugh. Like I had a friend that called me up and was like, hey, if you stay in this, if you stay in this, you will surely die an untimely death. Yeah. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what in the world? Who am I with? You right. But it's such a spiritual thing that happens because oh. if God has purpose over your life. Yeah. I ain't going to say if, when, when God has purpose over your life, that when the Bible says the thief cometh not, but to kill, steal, steal destroy. and destroy, but I come that you may have life and life more abundantly. Abundant. Well, that's a, that's a defining moment. Yeah. You can either stay with the thief and be killed, stealed and destroyed, or go over to the side of the, the Holy Spirit and God to give right. you life and life more abundantly. But when you're on this other side, oh, the devil ain't playing with you. The devil is trying to sift you as wheat yeah. and rightly divide you. So what happens is, is that in that moment, God knew purpose was in your life. Yeah. God knew that he had to get you to the 650. He has to get you to the million. Yeah. He has to get you to the 2 million. Yeah. He has to get you to the 10 million. But if, he could, if, if Satan can kill you off right now while you're still at, entertain me. Around that time, how many uh, subscribers did you have? I'd probably just reached a half a mil. So at that moment, half yeah, a million. Half a mil, yeah. And then you are at that moment that if I can destroy you in the public eye, I have a friend that actually has. Uh, she was looking at this one YouTuber, and she had all like huge following, and just disappeared off the face of this earth. And you were talking about that. You said um, in the video. Um, that you released a few, well, when this aired about a month ago, mm-hmm. that you were talking about the stress of keeping up and putting content out there. And you mentioned about a lot of YouTubers that put content out there or they feel like they're gonna lose their mind. What were you speaking about when you you were talking about doing all this content, always have to be on how it you said, I don't know if there's a study on it yet, but it has to be affecting us mentally. Yeah, it's not. I said it's not normal. Like to be an influencer, to share your life as we do, it's not normal. It's not natural. I said, I any normal person will go and get their hair done and sit back and relax. No, we got the camera up because we got to record it, right? <laughs> yeah. We get our nails done. No, normal person sit back, and relax. Oh no, we got to film it. <laughs> and then we're always in the future. Yeah. We're never present. Yep. Right? So when you're filming something, you're thinking about, okay, how am I going to repurpose this content? How am I going to use this content? You're yep. always thinking about what's next. Yeah. And you, 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 it takes away the present. So even though people look at influencers like, oh, they get all this free stuff. But when you go to the restaurant, they want you to take pictures. <laughs> <laughs> free like nothing in life is free nothing 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 is free nothing. and the, the 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 perks the trips the the free food the free everything no it comes with a price and sometimes that price is your mental health and it's not natural it's not natural it's not natural to be in front of the camera all the time or to always be on be on how do you feel like that's affected you I have to, to take breaks, a lot of breaks, a lot of breaks. And I thank God for my audience because they understand. They always they, they always say, look after yourself. And I'm yeah. like, and that gives me a release because you almost, when you get to a level of success, you almost fear losing it. Yes. Like if I don't post, my subscribers are going to find someone else <laughs> or they're not going to, they're not going to watch me or the algorithm is going to mess up. They're not going to see algorithm. my stuff. 
That's the part you be scared you about be the most. The is the algorithm. algorithm. Yeah. You're like, man, if I ain't put no content, you know, the algorithm's gonna fall off, and then nobody ain't gonna see me no more. And I did all this for nothing. So Lord, when like, I started off, I told God I don't want to be a slave to my own success. Yeah. I said I want to have built-in breaks. So I have built-in breaks after every 21st episode and 21 episodes. I take a break. Yeah. Uh, but I did that at the very beginning because the number 21 stands for restoration. Wow. And uh, so I would take 21 episodes and I would take a break uh, because I know what could happen yeah. and you start chasing that now I'll be honest with you my breaks got shorter because first I was like <laughs> I'm gonna take a month break <laughs> and then I'll take a month I'll be trying to take a month and yeah. I'll be like eh. you can do you could be doing what yeah, you could, I be, could be doing something, doing something. Do, you know and so I'll be like it's gonna be two weeks right and then I come back in two weeks and so I took a month break one time mm. and uh that's about it so I've been doing two weeks <laughs> which is which is great but then it's also then hard to rest because it, because if we you know be honest, I actually enjoy this. You do enjoy it. So yeah. and I love and because this is tied to my healing, um, I love talking to people and gleaning information. Like even like I said, didn't even know we were gonna have this conversation. But you're saying stuff that's triggering me mm. and making me go, God, oh, she said the exact same thing I said in that moment. Oh my God, I remember that. That was 2018 when this right here happened. <laughs> right. Oh, I remember that. It was 2017. Like I, I know dates and moments when you say something mm. and it resonates with your story. Mm. And and so I was like, okay, God, I hear you. This is my personal journey. Yeah. It still is that. I'm yeah. sitting up here laying in the bed watching TV. The video pops up because I kept saying, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go tell people uh, that I fell off my absence journey and God says sit down yeah like, relax yeah. yeah no why you yeah. like you gotta run and tell people right because I don't want to be fake I'm gonna go tell people because I ain't God said oh, was that with was that for them or was or that for me? me I said well that was with me he said I know so why you gotta run and go tell them this is the thing about vulnerability right some things you need to keep to yourself yes like some things are for you yes like you don't have we don't owe the world nothing we offer it yes I offer you my truth. I offer you my vulnerability, but I don't owe it to you. Talk about it. But when you are vulnerable and you like to be vulnerable and it's freeing to be vulnerable, you almost want to tell them <laughs> everything. <laughs> so last night. Last night, you know what happened? You know what happened, chat? <laughs> but I, I'm learning. You have to keep some things to yourself. Yeah. You have to, even to protect yourself, because once you put out information, you can't take it back. Nope. And then people are going to use it against you. And that's what people do a lot with people. They use their vulnerability against them. But if I didn't tell you, you wouldn't have known. <laughs> yeah. so, and you wouldn't have any, you wouldn't have had the ammunition to use against me if I didn't tell you. Yeah. But then there's a lot of people that are really like, it's vile. I yeah. say vile, not disgusting. But yeah, a lot of people that are just like waiting to use something. Oh, see, I told you this person, this and this. Yeah. Well, the good thing about vulnerability, if you expose yourself first, no one can expose you. And that's and see, what I enjoy about it. And that's what I enjoy. So now you just now you just jumped right over here in my whole mission <laughs> and mantra. Because you know who I learned that from? Yeah. Juanita Bynum. Mm. She had this video series, and I remember I was like 18 years old. She had this series called No, no More, More Sheets. And when she did that, I said, What? She over here talking about what? No one ever talked about having sex in the church. Like, she was like, And I had sex with him, and I did. I said, oh. I said, Oh my God. And I said, I like her. Right. To the point that me and her were actually going to do a national tour together wow. uh, when I was doing plays or whatever. I was going to do No More Sheets to Stage Play or whatever, but everything fell through, and I met with her. We talked. It was a beautiful thing. Uh, but and then she did another um, video, and this is when stuff was on VHS. Umpire 
umpire of my soul and umpire of my soul was talking about the minute that you get ready to get out of bounds the umpire would jump in and be like flag on the play or whatnot that anytime you start getting out of the will of god powerful those are two of the only messages that i actually remember in my whole christian faith that i could go back and say i remember what this was right because they were defining moments what because it, it was for you because no one ever talked about right, that. Right, right. no one ever talked yeah. about that and so i was like wow this is so relevant and relatable then the the, the second person that made it real to me was bishop eminem Bishop Eminem in the movie Eight Mile, and he he was he was he was he was he was rapping, and and, and they would use everything against him. They were talking about, yeah, rabbit, your friend oh, got yep. shot, and this this this, yep, yep, and yep. then he'll get ready to compete against him. I said I was gonna do a video about this. He'll get ready to they hand him the microphone, and he'll be, you choke, you choke, you choke, and they'll go off on him. Then at the very end, the way he won the battle. When he got the microphone first, he began to say everything that the enemy could say, say about, about him. him. Yeah. And then he handed them the mic and said, now say something that I haven't already said about mm. me. And the dude sat there and he had nothing to say. Choke. Mm. The Bible says that people will overcome by the word of our testimony mm. and by the blood of the lamb. Mm. See, the beautiful thing about it is the blood already wrapped around the testimony anyway. Huh. So even, even you can, we can talk about our abstinence journey. We could talk about we fall down, but we get up. We can say all that. At the end of the day, reason why Donnie had the song, because he fell down and he got up. Right. All these wonderful songs right. that we listen to and we worship to is about God's grace. Right. And so what God really needs is people that are honest enough so that, when they listen to a Brini or they listen to a Lateris, they go, oh, I look up to them and that's amazing. And they can be honest and they can talk about their faults and failures. God's grace is sufficient. Amen. So I can fall down and I can get and back up. And I can up get again. up, exactly. And the, the only reason, the reason why vulnerability and honesty is needed, because people are only showing their wins. Yes. If nobody was showing anything, fine. Like leave, We'll leave you guys alone with our vulnerability. <laughs> We'll leave you alone about honesty, right? <laughs> but because everyone's painting such a perfect picture, it's very unrealistic. So the moment you fall down and the moment you feel that like you can't do something that the other person has done, because we talk about purity culture, right? We talk about what that did to a generation yes. that made it seem like you had to be perfect in order to get X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Like that did a number on people because secretly you're struggling, but you're trying to act like you got it all together, but you don't. But no one has it together. When you define purity culture, what are you speaking about? Those that when people's doing pinky promises and saying, hey, if you yes. do this abstinence, then you're going to get a husband at the end of yes. it. That's your mm -hmm. That's, your, that's, that's your what price. I grew up on. Yeah. That's what I grew up on. I did heavy. I grew up on Heather Lindsay heavy. I looked up to her. No kissing until he was married. And the thing. Oh, I, no kissing until marriage too? You didn't kiss until they was married. Yeah. Oh, wow. Praise the Lord. And, but the, <laughs> Lord Jesus. But the thing is, a lot of people, a lot of our followers are like, I want to do that. <laughs> I want to kiss. No, as, no, I want to do what she did, as in not kiss until. Oh, so she didn't kiss. She said she, she didn't kiss didn't until kiss? they were married. Yeah. How long were they engaged? I think for like two years. Oh no. Or a year, but they was together for like probably about like two years. See, I, see, some of that stuff be the bar be set so high it just don't even. I don't even want a relationship like that. Look like that. See, a lot of times we be want, and if you ever ask somebody, you got to think about it. You would really want theoretically you don't want to struggle 
longer than you have to. Yeah. You really want to meet somebody and maybe within the first six months get married. Yes. You know, you don't want to say, I want to meet them and then I want to not kiss for two years, not have sex for two years, not even, why? Yeah. Like, why? And then two years later and you find out that they ain't the person God brought to you in right. your life anyway and you've been suffering and struggling for two years and... And, and, and then you go out and just wild out because that's what they usually do. <laughs> exactly. When when promises are not kept, that's what we do. We wild out like, well, this didn't work for me. I tried it the right way. And I think that's why a lot of people, even people that get divorced, they find it hard to get back to, on the celibacy as well because it's like, well, I did the right way the first time. Look what happened. I'm going to live how I want to live. Do you know what I mean? So I think it has a toxic, um, a toxic effect if things don't happen the way that you want them when you want them to happen. Right? Yeah. When the promises isn't fulfilled because you're doing it with wrong motive, you're doing it for the wrong reasons, like we spoke about in the beginning. So the puree culture that I have a problem with is the one that I think the suppression of your sexuality and your needs and your desires and your wants. And I spoke about this on my channel with a guy called Cyrus and he was talking to women because he's, he's a relationship counselor and he was talking to women who was like, oh, wow, I met this guy. He's a Christian. He, didn't, he wants to wait until marriage, have sex. Da, 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 da. And they did wait. But turns out the husband's asexual. He doesn't even he doesn't even care about sex. Yeah, that's a real thing. Or the person isn't attracted to women. Mm -hmm. So all of this stuff kind of comes out because you wanted to s starve yourself. You wanted to do things the right way and i do believe in doing things the right way yeah but i feel like there's a there's a way to there's do a right way to do things the right way the right way yeah <laughs> i was gonna say that yeah there's a right way to do things the, the right, right way. way yeah and that's and that's and that's real uh because you touched on some stuff that i've actually heard myself to yeah. be like god just be like i don't even i'm i, I he can he don't even want to have sex. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or a woman that says, I don't, it's easy for me to practice abstinence because I don't even like sex. Yeah, there's women out there. Yeah. But they'll be like, yeah, I've been celibate for 15 years. I'm like, good for you. Because <laughs> because I, I, I know people like that. And that was also what made me struggle when I was celibate for 11, 11 years is that the people that are around me that were celibate, they didn't, ha they didn't have desires they're like, oh, I can be like this forever. I'd be like, like, that's not my I'm testimony. like, this is not for me. That's not my testimony. And I can't relate to you. And I want to meet someone. <laughs> I want to meet someone that I can relate to because I'm really struggling here, but I don't want to be like you. And I can't relate to you because I'd be wanting to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why. And so at one point I was saying that to God. I was like, God, can you like subside the urge? And the crazy thing about it. <laughs> It don't quite work. It's, it's like, work like that. yeah, it's like it's is how God made me. Natural. Yeah, and then God, and then I start saying this thorn in my flesh. You know, <laughs> I go find me a scripture, thorn in my flesh. You know, I start getting real spiritual with it. It's a thorn in my flesh. But at the end of the day, that's how God made me. He made me. I'm gonna tell you something. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I never smoked. I never drank the day in my life. But sex has been something that has been a stronghold nice, in my life. Yeah. yeah, it's just it just is what it is. And so and so the reality is that when we really look at this whole journey and we're defining success mm. what do you define as far as success in your abstinence journey what do i define as success in my abstinence journey since it's not quantity it's not it's not based on duration and say oh i've been abstinent for five years mm. i've been abstinent this now you've learned that that's not important anymore so how do you define success i would say loving god and loving myself that's good yeah yeah Obeying out of love for God and respecting myself. Hmm. 
because there's a lot of work that I put in after I fell to, you know, break soul ties. You go like, you do the mm-hmm. cleanse. <laughs> That's a lot of work to, to go back and do kind of thing, but also respecting yourself enough. I remember that, I remember I was seeing this guy. Anyway, I'll keep it lit. <laughs> I was in the act yeah. with a guy. And God said, what about your husband? Uh-oh. I said, gosh. <laughs> hold on a minute. Hold I on, God. I'm finna. So I ain't trying to hear that right now. Yeah. But I heard it. And it's like, okay, it's not saving sex for your husband so you can give it to him as a badge of honor because he deserves this. But it's also like, you're going to belong to someone one day. And this person you're doing, this person is not him. <laughs> it's not him. <laughs> It's not him. So what are you actually really doing, you know? So I would definitely say like loving God and loving myself is success in celibacy for sure. With that motive. What do you want people to remember you by? (sighs) We're speaking of legacy. You, you're an influencer. This is your job. Whether you decide to transition to something else that's yet to be seen, Mm -hmm. but you said you're a person that want to make impact on this mm-hmm. world. What do you want people to remember you by? I want people to remember me for the fact that I saw them. You saw them. Mm-hmm. Not that they saw you, Miss no. Influencer, but yeah. that you saw them. I saw them. I validated their experiences. I validated them. Growing up, I always felt invisible. I was the youngest sibling but I didn't have older siblings. I had older siblings, but they bullied me. So I didn't really have them. So I was by myself. And I always felt like I needed to be protected. No one was protecting me. My mum was busy with my brother. My dad wasn't there. And so I always felt invisible. And that no one saw me. No one heard me. That what I'm experiencing is only me. And so when I could give voice to the voiceless, I felt like, yeah, this is purpose work this is helpful and people will say like most people i love you really i love you i'm like i love you back yeah like yeah this is why i do what i do right because i just and i i'm i'm really for the underdog and i think when you've been an underdog underdog in your life you really root for the underdog and so whether you're a celebrity whether you're a normal person whether you're a beggar i'm gonna treat everybody the same i'm gonna see them the way that god sees them and it's funny that Tori was saying, Tori Roberts was saying today at church that he sees, he got a gift to see people yeah. the way that they, they can't see themselves. Yeah. And I truly believe I have that as well. So no one's disposable. No one's irrelevant. Yeah. Everyone has purpose. I say that not to be cliche and to be yeah. like, y'all don't have purpose. No, I really truly believe it. Me too. And that just because you're, you had a certain upbringing or you had a story, you had a negative beginning doesn't mean you have to end that way yeah and you don't have to be hopeless <sighs> how can people follow you they can follow me on instagram brini lee they can follow me on youtube brini lee um i will be interviewing the one the only <laughs> <laughs> so make sure you guys check out that interview too i've got loads of interviews on that channel um i'm all about having conversations keeping it honest and open transparent and just being myself really um, and thriving and living up and hopefully getting married this year. So you have goals. <laughs> you have you have a goal to get married this year. Yeah. 
Is Are you even seeing nothing? anybody? Nope. <laughs> so where did this gold come from? I don't know. Said she gonna be married this year. You know, I had a friend that made fun of me because because <laughs> I said that every year since twenty nineteen. Really? And I said, don't be mad at me that I keep having a goal to be married by the end of the year. I said, you need to be concerned when I don't have a goal no right. more. Right? I said, when so let up. me yeah. Because if I if I start saying, you know what? If you stop hearing me say I desire a wife yeah. and desire to get married, I am wilding out you in the street. Because it ain't no way on God's green earth <laughs> I'm going to be abstinent until the day I die. It's not right. going to happen. Right. If I ever give up, <laughs> I want you to understand, if I ever give up on this, on, this, on, on this calling over my life, then uh, no. I, like, I, I want a wife. That's the goal. Every single year, that is the goal. And I'm going to tell you, I, I, was, um, I had a little moment with God. I was like, God, why you keep like withholding her from me like yeah. what, is, what is this i feel like you just you know she hiding behind your back what, what is that about you know what i'm saying and then and then and then i'll go through another season of the podcast and i'll go okay this I is, wasn't supposed to be the now. This yeah, is the had, reason why i had to get that out yeah yeah, 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 I, had, yeah. I had to talk about the marriage vow series because had i been married in 2020 in 2021 when i did the marriage vow series i still didn't understand the brevity of these vows that we right. took. so it's like you would have got married again and repeat the same cycle right. let's break down what these vows meant right. Right. And then going through these these dating streets to really understand what it looks like to be single yeah. as a Christian and have real and relevant conversations on what's required and yeah. how difficult it is. I just wanted to say something because I think this might be important to say. There's always a question of like, why are you single? Why are you single? Mm -hmm. Why are you single? Why are you single? And we don't really know how to answer that question. Nope. But what I've come to realize is that there's a time, obviously there's a time for everything. Yeah. And some people get married early, then do their business after that and yeah. then do whatever they need to do after that sometimes god wants you to do the business the dream the gift first mm -hmm. and then the relationship comes after it's all about order and time so instead of sitting there thinking why am i not married why this why that get busy yeah get busy with purpose yes. and it's not to replace that need for companionship but God still has something for you to do right now. And if he's withholding something, it's for a reason, it's for a purpose. There's something that he still wants you to do right now before that commitment, because it's a commitment. And I was speaking to Tony Gaskins, um, the video should be out on my channel, well, it is out now. And um, he was talking about like, when you're married, it's about the, the wife. It's solely about her and pleasing her. She comes first. And likewise, it's not just about, oh, what can I get? It's actually about what can I give? And it's about sacrifice. Yes. And he said, like, you're not always going to be happy. Sometimes I will want to sleep with my wife, but my wife's tired. And I have to respect that. Yes. It may not be what I want or what I desire, but I respect that because yes. this is, it's not about my happiness. Yeah. So be happy now yeah. while you can and be self, like somewhat selfish because it's all you it's all about your time it's all about what yeah. you need and you ain't got to ask nobody when you you know what time you got to be home and nothing you just do what you do live your best life yeah. and uh honor yourself and respect yourself well brainy lee i really enjoy talking to you today hey i hope the the viewers found a lot of value in it because i know i did mm. i felt triggered i need to go to therapy <laughs> oh well all right so that's the journey hey y'all give it up for my new homie brainy lee y'all I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. So great to have my first international guest on the podcast. Uh, good to be back in front of y'all. Season five. I get excited about each season because I know God is going to blow my mind. As I 
as I've told y'all in the past, I don't know which guests I'm going to have from time to time. So I'm excited as you are when God decides to just bless us with a, a unique story, something extremely powerful, something that's life changing, something that deposits hope and healing into my life. And so, um, no, God is good. God is good. Um, here's my favorite part of the podcast where I speak to my future wifey. Dear future wifey, I need you. I need a safe place to rest my disappointments. I need a safe place to release my hurts and fears. I need an emotional residence to escape the pressures of the world and find peace in only you. I need a protective covering to share my secrets and know I won't become devalued in your eyes, but instead you'll appraise my vulnerability as an appreciated asset. Baby, I need you. Each millisecond my heart palpitates without you signifies the yearning of your presence. I anticipate sharing catching our breaths moments from the joy of laughter. I smile at the thought of harmonizing worship songs with you as we serenade the one who penned our love story. Lay in my lap and allow me to gently plant kisses on your forehead as peacefulness calms your spirit and you find peace and safety in my arms. Rest, my beautiful queen. Your future hubby. Thank you for listening to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently, and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family.